Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey everyone, this is Jim Galliano, and thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. This is one of my very favorite places to be, sharing thoughts with you on how to build a better kind of online business, all of you solopreneurs, freelancers, professionals out there, those of you who are looking to work smarter, and those of you who want to build something better. You know, I may ask the question, are you satisfied with the business you have as things currently stand? Personally, I find that over time I go back and forth. I'm always thankful, or at least I try to be thankful, but the level of satisfaction, I think it varies because I think sometimes you outgrow whatever it is that you're doing. In other words, you realize that you're capable of doing more and then you're presented with the opportunity to do just that or to just more or less keep things status quo. And status quo, I don't even know if that's a good way to describe anything that happens online because things change so rapidly in the online world. Of course, there's that old saying that the more things change, the more they stay the same. So there is, I think, an element of that too. Human nature never really changes, I guess. That's why it seems like whether we're talking about things that are happening right now or things that happened 10 years ago or longer than that, there is an element of similarity in there. But so I guess more or less, it's great to be thankful for what you have instead of focusing maybe on what you don't. But as far as the satisfaction goes, yeah, I think that growth and change are two things that are always going to be for the better. So I say that as long as you have the opportunity to make things better, why not go ahead and do just that or at least try to do just that? You know, the other day I was thinking about how closely my attitude has affected my experience in the business world over the years. And, you know, unfortunately, just like anyone else, my attitude hasn't always been everything that it should have been. And, you know, back in the early days where there were a lot of success gurus, I'm talking about my early days, but I guess it's really no different today. Again, the more things change, the more they stay the same. But like a lot of people, when I was first starting out, I really got hooked on that kind of messaging, that success messaging. And I don't know if that's more of an American thing or not. Maybe this is kind of where it started, that mentality where people define what success is, what it should look like, what you should have, what your life should be like, and all of that stuff. And as you get older, it's much easier to define what success is for yourself and to be happy with what you're doing and the people around you that really care about you. But when you're younger, there is an element of peer pressure that's still there and you still do find yourself comparing yourself to maybe some of these ideals And a lot of times there's just, you know, it's not like a nice, neat overlay where you're almost there or you're following the right path. Sometimes what you want and what other people say you should want are totally different things. But when I was a teen, especially, I found that I got hooked. I'm talking about late teens now, 17, 18, 19 years old. I got hooked on all of these different get-rich-quick schemes. And that included things like MLM or multi-level marketing I remember the glossy magazines of the time showed all of these handsome couples just living the high life and all of the upline people showing all of their shiny new cars and beautiful homes and 
that was the pitch. It didn't really matter what the product was in hindsight, seeing it now. Usually it had something to do with health and well-being and lifestyle. And I don't know whatever happened to all of those. I guess they're out there now. Maybe I'm just blind to them. But I would say that entire mentality for the most part is not what it used to be. It doesn't have the same attraction that it used to have. But yeah, it had a lot of attraction to somebody like me years ago when you know I was younger and I was first getting started. So I'd just go ahead and I would spend the money and I bought the products. And after several months of going to meetings, and I have to admit that the meetings were encouraging, at least at first. And there was all this, this excitement and all of this energy there, especially when you have a lot of people like in a big room together, people spending money freely. I was spending money freely, but of course, it really wasn't my money. It was money that I was putting on my credit card. But I bought the products, and then several months down the line, I found myself disillusioned with that particular <laughs> road to riches. And so I just went ahead and found a new one. And I did that time after time. Now, you know, after after a little while of this, I I don't want to say I shook myself out of it, but the people around me who were most more experienced than I was in my life, they told me right from the beginning to stay away from people that were marketing opportunities. But I didn't really hear them because, I don't know, maybe I didn't want to hear them. I think that... At the time, I just looked at these older people like they were jaded because they were older and they had gone through maybe some of life's harsher realities. And I thought to myself at the time, I'm not going to be that way. I'm not going to get older and be that way. So whenever I saw something that looked good, I told myself that, you know, I found that one diamond chunk hidden in a field of worthless rocks. I just happened to be the one that stumbled across it. And my mentality, as naive as it may sound, was, well, if anybody succeeds, it has to be me. I mean, why not? And so I'm sure some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, after a bit, I'm talking about 19, 20 years old now, I found some people that thought just like I did, except they were older than me. And they had good jobs, and some of them were older by you know, 10, 15 years. I remember one was a chiropractor, another was an engineer, and these were people who were already established. They already owned their own homes. I didn't have any of that. I was just engaged at the time. So yeah, these people were a good 15 years older than me, and if they were seeing what I was seeing and they were excited about it, then I thought, well, you know, these are my kind of people. And the fact that they invited me to the table as a young person to discuss business opportunities and that they even had the slightest interest that uh, uh, in me based on what I thought about these things. That just reinforced my own inner dialogue that I was on the right path. Now, hindsight being what, what it is, I was partially on the right path, mostly on the wrong path. But what I would label, the label, if I had to put a label on the group of us, I would call us seekers. <laughs> we were the people that were not satisfied with the status quo. And I guess if you go back into any era and time, you will find people like that in any country you care to talk about. There are people that just do not want to fit into the type of niche that society in general tells you you should fit into. And I remember one of the guys in the group, he bought houses he fixed them up and he resold them because he bought one of those plans 
uh, on TV on how to do that. And he was admitting at the time that he barely made any money doing this. In some cases, even lost money. Most of the time, he barely broke even. So buying a house, fixing it up, and putting it on the market, as it turned out, it was a lot of work. It wasn't something that you could learn how to do just by buying a single course that you would get during an infomercial. Infomercials, I was hooked on them back in the days of, I call it the days of TV because I don't even watch TV anymore. I mean, I just, we, I use everything through streaming right, right through to the TV set. So, um, and, and a lot of the things I just consume online, you know, all of the standard streaming services, Amazon, Netflix, whatever. So, uh, but back then they would have these opportunity seeker advertisements even up to the 90s, through the 90s, I was still watching those things. And it would basically show people who were maybe down and out and living in a small apartment. And then they learned that they could make thousands and thousands of dollars by placing these small classified ads in newspapers around the country and selling things through the mail. And I mean, I was just, you know, hook, line and sinker. I just bought into it and then into a lot of other things. So, yeah, I made a lot of mistakes. I really don't talk about my mistakes especially most of them I made when I was in the offline world. And believe me, those were expensive mistakes to make. Now, today in the online world with a digital business, yeah, there are some expensive mistakes that you can make, but dollar for dollar, it, they're not nearly as expensive as, as the offline business opportunity mistakes were. So, uh, but, you know, years later, I met Lori, and we've been together now for, I guess, 12 years and I was intrigued when I first met her because I learned that she had done this herself many times. And she bought homes and commercial properties and fixed them up and resold them. And I'm thinking, my God, how, how do you learn how to do this? Well, as it turns out, she was taught her and her sister and her brother from the time they were children. They were taught by their grandfather, who was trained in a special forces person who knew how to basically build anything, survive anywhere, and that's just another story, maybe for another time. But I was intrigued to learn that she had learned how to do all this and eventually became a contractor herself back in the state of Indiana. And But she understood all of these things, how the real estate transactions worked, how to get good deals, how to bargain, how to do all of that. And now looking back at it from a much more mature uh, standpoint with a much more mature point of view, I realized that all of these topics, there's so much information. It's almost like when you're in school, you learn a topic, but then you learn it again the next year and the year after that in more and more depth. And the idea is it's supposed to prepare you what you learn in school for the world. And then continuing education if you need it for whatever it is, whatever field that you're going into. So, I mean, we could look at your field right now and I could ask you the question, you know, would you be able to teach somebody how to do everything you do in one package? Well, you know, it sounds ridiculous. One package isn't going to transform your life unless you've had a bunch of experiences leading up to the purchase of that one package. And that's what I didn't realize at the time. All those years ago, I was thinking that, oh, I'm a young person. I'm going to buy this information. This one thing is going to change my life. So knowing what I know now, when I rewind the tape and think about my fellow seeker friend from the early days... It's obvious he didn't understand any of that, and neither did I. I still remember sitting across from him and others at the table, and when he told his story and others about how he bought the program, he went through the program, and 
it just didn't work out the way it was supposed to. And he followed the instructions. And I just remember thinking, well, here's a person who's more than capable of following instructions. I, I mean, he is an engineer. He's not going to school to be an engineer. He's already an established engineer. So why did he fail at this business that, according to the infomercial or the commercial, all these other people were succeeding at? So today I can sum up uh, these early experiences, whether they were mine or someone else's, by saying that at the time we didn't know what we didn't know. As a matter of fact, I'm sure that you can look back at some of your own experiences, things that didn't work out. And now from your current vantage point, you can see that maybe you didn't even ask the right questions. You just, you didn't know, again, what you didn't know. And most things in the business world aren't geared in such a way that you can succeed as a result of dabbling a little bit here or a little bit there or sitting down or taking a class. I don't care if it's a live class. I remember there was a huge disconnect when I graduated from college and got into the real world. And what I learned in college, even back then, seemed like it was several years behind how things were playing out in the real world. So yeah, there is a, a disconnect. But again, looking back at it, success isn't a result of, of dabbling a little bit of this, a little bit of that, reading one book, taking one course. And when you apply this to your own experience, isn't it true that whatever skills you currently have, I'm going to guess that you've been practicing what you've what you currently do. You've been practicing it for a period of time, that you've gone through multiple seasons of trial and error, that you've been at places where you were frustrated and possibly even questioned whether or not you should even be doing what you're doing. And if we look at where you are today, whatever skills you have right here, right now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I'm going to guess that you're better equipped today in 2022 and have more valuable experience than you did, let's say, back in 2017. So, I mean, would I be right by saying that? So I'm sure that in retrospect, you can see where there were times that you weren't, again, asking the right questions, the questions that you really needed answers to before you were able to do whatever it is that you wanted to do. And I'm sure that many of you see your business in a much different light today than let's say you did three to five years ago. Still, there's a point I'd like to highlight here and it deals with our attitude. And this is something I don't wanna really belabor. I don't wanna belabor the point, but it is something that I wanted to share with all of you listening because I think there is a connection here that upon second glance is more significant than a lot of people realize. So for example, if you've been struggling for a while, maybe at times it seems like something is working against you. I know it sounds funny to say that, but I know the feeling. Logically, it doesn't make sense maybe, but I know the feeling is there. And even if you can't exactly put your finger on what it is, it seems like that if you try and make some headway in one area, you hit a wall, and then you try and shift to something else and you hit a wall, and then you see a pattern forming, and <laughs> you wonder, you know, why is this happening to me? Uh, have you ever felt like the deck, so to speak, has been stacked against you, like your competitors must be playing with loaded dice or something like that? And I know it's funny talking about it now, especially that we're not looking at a particular instance of something that may have already happened. But I know that if you think, and you probably won't have to dig very hard to think about it, there have been certain points in your life where you question, you know, what, what am I doing wrong? Or what did I do wrong? Or why is this happening to me? And, uh, 
you know, especially with a phrase like that, why is this happening to me? It's as though there is a sense of fair play, this unwritten rule that things should work out fairly. And if not, we're kind of at the mercy of whatever the circumstances happen to be. But I remember, you know, there being points in my own uh, business life where it seemed like everyone was doing well at that point but me. And yeah, I asked the question of myself, as I'm sure you have before, why is this happening to me? Why? How come I'm not making the progress that I see everyone else around me making? And it goes back even further. I remember as a kid hearing more than just a few people saying things like the game is rigged and you can't win and you can't get ahead. And then when you actually do some things in a way, it seems like all of those things were true at one level or another. But the problem with thinking like that and focusing on those things, maybe focus, the word focus, maybe that's the key word there. Because even if those things appear to be true or even if they are true on a certain level, what happens is, is when you focus on all of this adversity and all, and when you focus on the lack of progress, it's almost like everything becomes a fight at that point. And true or not, after a while, fighting or hitting a wall, however you want to look at it, or, or digging and digging and digging and not finding what you're digging for, again, however you want to phrase it, it becomes exhausting. So you have people fighting for attention online. They're fighting for attention on social media. I don't know if you've ever seen a post where you thought to yourself, this person is just looking for attention. They're just posting this because they want to, they don't want to be invisible. Have you ever thought that way? Seeing a post that some, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. I'm sure there's people that do that. But you have people that are out there fighting for attention. You have people fighting to get noticed, to get their businesses noticed, to get a product noticed, to get a launch noticed. You have people that are fighting for more subscribers, fighting to make more sales. And you know, I'm, I'm using the word fighting here, not really in a positive sense, but more so in a negative one, because it implies the effort, but without actually experiencing the breakthrough. See, it's one thing to fight and win, but it's another thing when the fight just goes on and on and on and there's no clear winner. It just becomes exhausting. And, you know, again, we can look at the big picture. All of the attention and all of the energy when you're in this fight mode is focused outward on other things or on other people or on other companies and these are situations that, if you're honest about it, you have almost no control over. You, you don't have any control over what your competitors are doing or saying. You don't have any control over what's happening in your marketplace around you, in the world around you. You may not even have control over what's happening in your, under your own roof at times. So, you know, things like um, fear, things like worry and confusion when you're in this fight mode become the dominating forces in your life. And so you wake up and you jump into this fight, whatever the fight happens to be. There's a sense of worry that's at play because in the end of your mind, you know that this can't go on along this path forever. Soon, Sooner or later, something would have to break. I remember being in situations myself where I was building a large business and I was using my own credit to be able to fund the things that I was doing. And I had people that I could have used OPM, other people's money, but I decided to use my own. 
I could have raised money. I could have put a business plan together. I didn't do any of those things. I saw something that looked like a sure shot. I went ahead and I went all in behind it. And then when I was halfway there, halfway on the journey, imagine this, you pack for a journey and you're about halfway there. And then word gets back to you that the destination that you were heading to is no longer there. (laughs) You know, what do you do at that point? Do you make the best of things and decide to go somewhere else? Do you turn around and go back home? Well, I was so much invested in this uh, project at the time, and I had so much money invested in it that I just woke up every day and I went through the motions. I really didn't know what to do at the time. And the credit card bills were coming in. I remember three credit cards specifically. And I don't remember how much debt there was exactly at the time, but I remember trying to ignore it. And then I remember there were times where we would just... We were, we were feeling the crunch, the credit crunch at the time, the lack of money, however you want to put it. And there were times that we would just go out and have a fancy dinner just as a way of countering it because there was so much debt at the time that the idea of having just a little more debt just to have a nice time or a nice night out, it didn't really even seem to, what does it matter? You know, if, you, if we're going to go down, it's like the, the movie The Titanic. You ever see that old movie? Well, it's an old movie now, but... The one with Leonardo DiCaprio, when the men are playing the violins on the deck because they know that there's nowhere for them to go. There's not enough lifeboats left, and you could just be running around and you know trying to do whatever you could do, which is not much. And they just decided they were just going to enjoy a last time playing together. And I remember feeling that way. You know, we went out for dinner, and it was kind of like not exactly a, well, the last dinner we were going to have, but it was just. Uh, the way of of countering the negative, you know, having one nice night out to counter all of the worries that went. But what we were doing was just adding to the problem. But so not to go too far down that road, but when you get in a place like this, things like fear and worry and, and confusion isn't far behind fear and worry because confusion is not knowing what to do next. Confusion is knowing that you have to do something, but none of the moves really make sense. When, that, when those things become the dominating forces in your life, let's just put it the way it is. I mean, that's a miserable way to live. And I remember at certain points being like that in my journey and then thinking, well, you know, what happens if I fail? What happens if this ultimately plays out and I fail? What if I have to go and get a job? What, what, if, I, what if I go broke? And I would spend more time than I'd care to admit now thinking about those kinds of things And the more I thought about those kinds of things, the easier it became to continue to think about those kind of things. And then sooner or later, that becomes the default way of thinking. And fear and worry and confusion, those things begin to grow. Just the other week, I heard this scientist talking about neural pathways. I think that's what he called it in the brain that get created when we think thoughts for the very first time. We think something that's sort of new, when something's new, a new pathway, he called it a neural pathway, is created in the brain. And then as you continue to think those thoughts or similar thoughts, the pathway becomes more defined, more carved out, more established. And the brain creates a pathway that makes it easier and faster than before for those thoughts to pass through the mind and be processed. And those thoughts 
inadvertently create triggers that ultimately govern our behavior, even if it's on a subconscious level. So I'm not a scientist, but I guess we could just simplify it by saying negative thoughts create more negative thoughts and a negative attitude is a result of negative thoughts and a negative attitude creates a lousy life experience. Right? That's just the, that's the layman's way, I guess, of putting it. So things like fear hold us back and holds us back in ways that we're sometimes not even really completely aware of. But I say all that because I want to come to this point. I'm happy to say that there is another way. And I always knew there was another way. I always knew there was a better way out of that trap. It becomes like a big circle. And, but it was so difficult that for me, at least at the time anyway, because I was used to relying 100% on myself for the outcome of everything. And I would wonder things like, have I done enough? Or with what I've done, is it good enough? But what inadvertently happened was I would be in a place where I had done all I could do, nothing had changed. And so what was the next move? And eventually I got to the point where I thought, why bother worrying about it? Why not just do the right things that I know to do and give up that internal fight? Let me try and explain it a little bit better. So for me, when I stopped trying to compete against the masses, the other companies, the other individuals, when I wasn't targeting them internally and thinking, I've got to be more like this person, or I got to be less like this person, or I have to change my pricing to mirror what this company is doing over there. When I began to take my focus off of them, and like that old saying, where attention goes, energy flows, it was all going out of me, and it was all being replaced by these negative things. When I took my focus off of all of them and redirected that focus on myself and on the people whose lives I was directly impacting, my clients, my customers, and even my family, when I stopped trying to compete with everyone except myself, something would happen. Now, it didn't always happen immediately, but it would always happen. And a pattern formed over the course of several years, but I wasn't able to identify it until it happened again. It's almost like having to learn the same, doing the same stupid things over and over again, and you can't see it. I'm sure that if my life were a movie or if your life were a movie and everyone else was watching it, and we would see the stupid things that you do a lot more clearly than you would. Or maybe you would see it if you stepped outside of yourself and saw what you were doing or how you were approaching certain things trying to build your business, trying to make a better future for your family, trying to enjoy what it is that you're doing in your life. And so when I stopped focusing on all of these other people and on everyone else's success and how much money they were making and how many new clients they were taking on and how much those clients were worth, and I stopped, I turned all that focus from the outward world into my inward one. And I began to ask questions like, well, this may seem like a basic question, but how can I be more valuable to my clients? How can I create solutions that will help them? Not some fictitious person out in the ether or nothing against ideal clients, but nothing against an ideal client on paper. But the actual, the closest thing to an ideal client that I had <clears throat> that was paying me every month or paying me whenever I was doing projects, how can I be more valuable to them? How can I become a better version of me? How, how do I be a better listener? And, and I did all that. And I didn't do that be, from this high moral plane of I want to become uh, this kind of person. It was more 
or less a from a point of resignation where I thought I can't compete against I can't keep going the way I'm going. I mean, it's just not it's not the way I want to live. Uh, I'm sure it's not the way the my loved ones around me want me to live. And I was just unhappy with the way things were. And so that's what I wanted. And, you know, big picture. Yeah, I wanted my clients to succeed. But on the other side, I wanted to experience some what I call inner peace on a personal level. And you can't have inner peace on a personal level when you're always taking in, again, that old saying where attention uh, goes, energy flows. You know, when you're listening to the news and I mean, people have been listening to the news about COVID for two years, they've been listening to the news about now it's all about financial ruin and supply chains blocked and recessions and all of those things. And, you know, I can be aware of those things without having to take in that news every single day. I can be aware of a threat without fastening my attention on it when it's not necessary. See, it's one thing, and for those of you who know I live in Florida, the hurricanes come through here, it's one thing to have a hurricane at your door and be as prepared as you can for it, meaning at your door, meaning you're going through a hurricane, and you've done your best to prepare. You've boarded your windows. Any type of object that can be flung around is removed from your yard. Everything is packed down. Everything is brought inside and that's it. You know, after a point, you know that you've done everything that you can do and you just have to live your life. So being in those circumstances as a Floridian, I also knew that, you know, that same mentality spills over into other areas of life. It could be your relationships and everything. Sooner or later, after you've done what you know to do, you've got to let go. You've got to let go because the worry and the fear and the confusion, those things will eat you alive like a cancer. As a matter of fact, I think that those things have a direct relation to a lot of the bad health problems that people have. And I understand not wanting to let go. And the only reasons why I let go initially was because I no longer had the strength to keep on fighting. Now, I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I'm just saying this is a matter of fact. These are all things which happened to me already. But I'd be lying to you if I said, oh, all of the adversity that I've ever fought is now in my rearview mirror. It's all smooth sailing. I face challenges just like everyone else does. And just because you have an established business doesn't mean that when you see threats to the future of your business, you don't take those things seriously, that you don't dig into seeing what the possible outcomes may be, that you don't plan. But not the difference between me now and, and earlier versions of me, and what I hope will be the difference between who you're becoming and who you were is going to be more along the lines as you know when you've done all that you can do and you know how to let go when it's time to let go. You know, I know alcoholics for years, they've had that um, mentality where they can only fight it so much and they place their faith in a higher power at that point when they when they're at their breaking point. So I mean, I can't say I've ever been an alcoholic I'm not like a big drinker or anything like that, but I still know, and I'm sure you still know, maybe you've never had problems with alcohol or drugs or anything like that, but I'm sure you know what it's like when you've done that all you can do and you you haven't done enough, and then you just have to let go. And so, and you have to be at peace with that. So, um, and that's something that you learn. It's something that you practice. You know, if we wanna talk about neural pathways, it's a new pathway uh, for you. So in the past, I would always, I would stay up late 
at points when things were really tough and I would think to myself, what else could I do? Whereas after I began to practice this and learn how to let go of these things, how to let go of looking outwards at all of this and kind of measuring myself <clears throat> against the circumstance, I would have peace knowing that I, I've done everything that I know how to do now and just continue to dwell on this instead of sleeping tonight makes absolutely no sense at all because I'm going to have a miserable tomorrow. And I was you know, able to shut these things off eventually like um, mechanically, just turn off the switch, go to bed, wake up the next morning and the first thing that didn't hit me was the problem. It was, you know, we're going to get a cup of coffee or something like that. That's what I think of. So uh, I want and one of the most important things in my life today is inner peace on a personal level and um, and having that instead of having to deal with all of this inner turmoil that comes with worrying about 101 different things. So now in the big picture, if we zoom out a little bit, let me just present this to you. Your skills are gifts. You're, whatever it is, if you're artistic, if you have the ability to write the right words that get people to pay attention, whatever it is that you're doing. And the fact that you have some clients and people that are willing to pay you to do the things that you've done is all the more uh, proof <clears throat> that your gifts have value. And I know you might be thinking, well, Jim, my gifts may have value, but not enough people are seeing them. Not enough people are paying me. I don't have enough clients. But but the, the most difficult thing of all is having something to work with. And you already have that. People are already paying you. You've already taken a step in that direction. So don't look down on what you have. And I think that's one of the best ways to look at it. The My skills are gifts. They're God-given gifts that I was born with, that I continue to develop. And I'm not going to compare where I am in my development phase to where the company down the street is because I'm not going to compete against them anymore. I'm going to compete with myself. I'm not going to try and, and, in other words, this is my journey. They had their journey. This is my journey. I'm going to take my eyes off of what everybody else is <clears throat> doing when putting my eyes on them actually is beginning to work against me. I guess that's a maybe a better way to put it. So now if everybody could do what you do, probably not nobody would pay you a dime. That's another way I look at the gifts that you've been given. But you know, when people talk about things like karma and what you put out there comes back to you again, I, I call it sowing and reaping. You know, you, you put good stuff out there and good stuff will come back to you again. I'm not saying that if you put good things out on Monday, by Friday, the things will come back to you again, but it will happen. And I learned how to rest in that. I learned how to believe that. That's that's what I believe. Now, before I had this other belief where I thought everybody struggles unless you have an angle or unless maybe you do things, you cheat a little bit. And I didn't want to believe that, but I had been led to believe that because that's what the people that I was spending time listening to were, were saying. And, you know, you listen to angry people all the time. You're going to become an angry person. And not that you... You shouldn't get angry, not that you can't get angry, but I think after a certain point, it's like, okay, well, I don't want to live the rest, the rest of my life angry. What can we do about it? Not what can't we do about it, but what can we do about it? And ultimately, when you find what you can do about it, you're going to think, well, what I can do about it, Jim, isn't enough. 
So what I, the advice that I would give to you is to take your not enough and go ahead and do it anyway. Go ahead and do what you think isn't enough. Now I can tell you from my own experience, and it's just like those who came before me told me from their experience, I thought, okay, that was just that person's experience, but this isn't going to work for me. I thought that way, and that was my attitude. And so I got what I believed. And so eventually I had to, again, come to the point where I just, I'm going to do what I can do and not worry about any of it because the worrying isn't, it's not moving me an inch forward. The, the focus on all of these external things, it's, it's not helping me a bit. If it did help me, then I would have had some encouragement to keep on keeping on. And so, yeah, I kept things simple. I kept life simple. And uh, at, at one point, it just looked like the ship was going down financially. I have to tell you, at one point, it really looked like the, the ship was going down. And I didn't tell the people around me who couldn't help me. Um, what was going on and I didn't really tell the people who could help me what was going on because I didn't want to be a burden I think I was embarrassed at the time too about how badly the business was going but I just decided that you know I'm, I'm going to do what I know how to do I'm going to do the best I I can do and the rest is in God's hands and I that's how I, how I left it that was my way of letting go and I focused on my clients I didn't look at my clients and think, oh, I'm putting a lot more into uh, your business than your business is giving back to me. I'm, I'm not getting paid well enough for my effort. I didn't even think that way. I was just glad that I had whatever money coming in that was coming in at the time. I was grateful for that. And everything turned around. And, and no, it didn't turn around overnight, but everything did turn around. And that period of life was invaluable to me. And, and today, when I face these problems, when I face these challenges, I let go a lot sooner than I did before. In other words, I do my thinking, I do my planning, I, I do my strategizing. And when those things, if those things fail to produce results, I don't beat myself up over it. I don't see it any longer as taking a test and either getting an A or getting a D or an F. My attitude now is that good things are coming my way and the problems are just temporary. And that's what I choose to believe. And that's the kind of thinking that I practice now. And that has been my experience. That's what I've lived out. Likewise, I've lived the reverse of that. And all of the problems, when I was living and thinking that way, seem to have what you might call above average staying power. In other words, it seems like those problems never really went away. Sometimes they were slightly dormant. Sometimes they would really act up in a severe way, sometimes in a minor way, but they were always there. But when my thinking changed, so did everything else. And I'm not trying to push power positive thinking or anything like that. I'm just trying to be real with you about how I dealt with some of the problems that I had faced, many of the problems that I had faced in my own business life. And these things spilled over, of course, into my personal life as well. Earlier, to be quite honest about it, Surviving to fight another day seemed to be an acceptable outcome. That was kind of my default belief. That's what I believed and that's what I experienced. Then I was able to look at this situation and think, you know, this may be normal for most people, but it doesn't have to be normal for me. I really started to believe that. 
And today, success is the acceptable outcome. And if I don't see it taking the form that I had assumed it would take, in other words, if I'm doing something expecting an outcome and it doesn't happen that way, my default shift after experiencing that setback is that the success is still happening and will just be in another form. Now, yeah, I feel the feelings of disappointment if something doesn't work out the way I thought it was. Recently, I had a disappointment. I was doing an internet marketing for someone running for Congress. And uh, this was, I've had a, a Congress people in the past that I helped with their political campaigns and a, and a governor. I was in that uh, political realm for a while working there and the money was good. I enjoyed it. But, you know, emotionally you get tied up in a campaign and you know, when it doesn't work out the way you think, it is kind of a little bit demoralizing. But recently I saw that happen. I was running with someone and they just did not have enough of a war chest, so to speak. They didn't have the funds to do what they needed to do and do it properly. And so they didn't they didn't win in these primary elections, so they won't be in the final election come November. And that was the first time that I ever had a, a loser client when it came to politics. So you know, that was the uh, outcome. But, you know, and I felt all the negative feelings, of course, that go with that. But I didn't let that one event redefine who I'm going to be going forward. And I didn't let it ruin the rest of my day. Maybe it ruined uh, 30 minutes or so of, of my life that day. But I, my default, again, shift is, okay, let's, let's move on. Let's keep on going. Let's learn from what happened here. And we'll do everything possible to avoid it. Uh, happening again in the future. So success is still happening, even if it doesn't happen the way I originally planned or considered. And believe me, that kind of thinking is just so much better. It's so much better than having a lousy attitude and just being, and, and you know, I hid like a lot of other people do a bad attitude under the guise of I'm being realistic. I'm just being realistic. Well, that's why I've said in past episodes of this podcast that you can be realistic about what's happening, but still deal with reality. So yes, the problems can be real and momentarily they can be a bit discouraging, but you can decide to have the kind of attitude and hold the kind of belief that already determines that these problems, these situations are not going to win out over you in the end. I've tried it both ways and believe me, it's much better to have the right kind of attitude, not just in business, but in life as well. Okay, we can go ahead and put the bookmarker in it there. That's about all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think it will help a friend, please go ahead and share the episode link with them, or you can send them directly to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. All the back episodes can be found there as well. Your sharing of this podcast as a whole or an episode link more specifically helps me reach people who would otherwise be very difficult to reach and hopefully gives them a bit of a boost or an uplift with how they're dealing with their own business. So thanks again for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you later.